say, this is God's word. Come on, I need you to say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your grace, for your mercy, for your kindness, for your goodness in our lives. We thank you that you are the Lord God and you change not. Therefore, we can expect you to be a good God all the time. The Bible says all good and perfect gifts come from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow. You have so much light, you don't even have a shadow. And so, Father, as we come to hear the word today, I pray, Father, that the word will leave a permanent, indelible mark on our hearts and in our lives. And as I decrease now, I thank you for the anointing that's already in this place to saturate our hearts, to impregnate our minds, And Father, we'll walk away with more faith. We'll walk away with more encouragement and more inspiration than we did when we came in. And we give you thanks and praise for speaking to our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, we started a new series entitled Grown Ups. Everybody say, Grown Ups. Now, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you grown or are you a kid? Now, look at the other neighbor and say, I'm grown. Then look at him and say, but stop acting like a kid then. Amen. One of the biggest problems that I see as a pastor with believers is that we are physically grown but are spiritually immature or have grown spiritually but have stopped growing. And as I said last week, if we think like children, we will act like children. And if we act like children, we will delay or forfeit certain blessings in our lives that God desires us to have. And I'll show you that through the lesson this morning. And so the purpose of the series we're in is to help us see that our lives, uh, that as we function in our lives, is we, if we function in a mature way, God's going to show things to us that we never would have saw had we remained immature. And so today's lesson, if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. And it is to know is to grow. To know is to grow. Say that with me. Say to know is to grow. All right, and I want you to find three verses of Scripture this morning. I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And then I want you to find Romans chapter 12, verses 1. And then Galatians chapter 4, verses 1. I'll say that again. 
I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And then I want you to find Romans chapter 12, verses 1. And then we're going to look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. And while you're finding those, last week we used the story of Samuel to show how his spiritual youthfulness caused him to not recognize the voice of God. And our first principle to growing up that we discussed on last week is to be able to receive instructions. And it was Samuel's ability to recognize the voice of God when he followed the instructions of Eli. Can someone say amen to that? So I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And we made the point last week that in order to grow spiritually and mature as believers, we must stop doing some things and start doing other things. Amen. Now, in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. Watch this now. I understood as a child. And what else? I thought as a child. But when I became a man, read it with me, I put away childish thinking. Amen. When you start growing up spiritually, there will be some things that you just stop doing. When you get married, you have to stop hanging out with the boys so much. You got to come home. Amen. Got one clap from a wife right there. Now, I want to read this again through the, uh, uh, the Living Bible. It says, it is like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But when I became a man, my thoughts grew far beyond those of my childhood. And now I have put away the childish things. In other words, what he was saying in my, in my own words was, we should stop doing some things and start doing some things. Amen. And what Paul was saying when he wrote that is when I was an infant or an immature Christian, I thought like one, I acted like one, and I talked like one. But when I spiritually became mature, I stopped obeying my flesh and I started obeying the spirit. Because the life of being mature starts with being able to follow the spirit of God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Go over to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to show you this same principle that we just read over there in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to show you this verse that that implies the same principle. And that is, in the same way, you have to grow spiritually. And to do that, you got to stop doing some things and start doing some other things. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we all know the verse, but I want you to show, want to show you this in the context. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, look at your neighbor and say, only you can do this. You present your bodies, uh, what kind of sacrifice? A living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. So that's something that we should start doing. Now watch what he tells us to stop doing. He says, and be not conformed to the what? 
to this world, and here's something that we should do, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and here's what a renewed mind will do for you. It will help you prove what is good. It would also help you see what's acceptable, and then it will help you know what the perfect will of God is. And so in order to know the perfect will of God for your life, you have to have a renewed mind. And many of us, we don't have the renewed mind that we need. And and one of the reasons why is because we don't allow the word to renew our minds. Now, let me just tell you this so some of you all may not know. Renewing your mind is not just memorizing scripture. And it's more than just managing what you think. But let me tell you what what the renewed mind is. It's changing the way you think and how you process. I'm going to say that again. Renewing your mind is not just memorizing scripture. Because see, some of us got some old uncles that when they get drunk, they can tell you every scripture in the Bible. Got a lot of amens on that one, didn't it? It's not just memorizing scripture and it's not just managing what you think about, but it's also changing the way you think and how you process. In other words, you start now thinking uh, about something and the way you're going to do it before you actually do it. So now instead of spending the money that was designed for your electric bill, Uh, A renewed mind says, okay, if I do that, then I'm not going to have it when it's time for me to pay it, which means I'm going to have to either take that money from somewhere else and pay the electricity bill. But if I do that, then I'm going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul. And if I do that, I'm going to end up short. So guess what? I'm not going to spend the electricity bill. But see, an unrenewed mind said, I'm going to spend it and I'll find it when I get here. Amen. Here is why, and I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 3. Let me give you a carrot. I believe that God's word should inspire us to do better. And here is why, and I believe the biggest reason why you need to desire to grow up in the Lord. It's in Galatians chapter 3. Here it is, and I want you to write it down. When we mature as believers and sons and daughters of God, this is what's going to happen in your life. Blessings are going to overtake you. Now, let me tell you what happens also. Blessings will never outweigh your maturity. I'm going to say that again. The blessings that God wants to give you. They will never outweigh your maturity. It's it's like you giving your car keys to a six-year-old. That blessing is not ready for them or they're not ready for the blessing. Well, let me show you that if we stay children spiritually, we're going to miss out on some blessings that God wants us to have. In Galatians chapter 3, I'm starting in verse uh, 26. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26. It says here, For you are all children. Now, I'm going to bleed into uh, Galatians 4. I'm just reading the context. It says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. 
For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put Christ on. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. And if you be Christ. Watch this now. Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs. Everybody say heirs. And heirs according to the promise. Well, one of the promises that God made Abraham, he says, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. He says, I'm going to make your name great. And he says, anybody that bless you, I'm going to bless. And anybody who curses you, I will curse. That's one of the blessings of Abraham. Now, let's continue to read. Now, this is verse 4. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say that the heir, the person who is supposed to inherit blessings, as long as he or she is a child, they differ nothing from a servant, though they may be Lord of how much? In other words, you may own it all because you are related to your daddy, but that does not mean you are ready for it all. He says, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Because God knows when we're ready. Verse 3. Even so we, when we were children, were in the bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts where you cry, Abba, Father, verse 7. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a what class? A son. Watch this now. And if you are a son, then you are a what? And heir of God through Christ. How be it then when you knew not God did service unto them which are nature are no gods. But now after you have known God, watch this, or rather known of God, how do you turn again to the weak and, and beggarly elements Whereunto you desire to be in bondage. In other words, he said, when you grow up, you don't go back to your vomit. See, there are certain things kids go. You know, it would be a shame if you had to go back into wearing diapers. I mean, you 16 years old wearing pampers. The Hawaiian kind that glowed so you can entertain yourself in the dark. Don't take that the wrong way. (laughs) And last week I gave you some signs of immaturity. This week I'm going to give you some signs of being spiritually mature. Here's number one. When you're mature, mature believers take responsibility for their own spiritual growth. They take responsibility for their own spiritual growth. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean? See, babies always have to be fed by other people. But adults understand that they spiritually still need to be fed, but they also must feed themselves. 
I mean, when you come to a church that's teaching you the word and you say, I'm not being fed, all you're saying to me is, I'm not going home putting food in my own mouth. No, 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 no. I'm convinced that a lot of people are spiritually malnourished because they're trying to live on a sermon seven days a week. But see, the scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. First Peter chapter two, verse two, just write it down. It says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And then I like the next verse. It says, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. See, in order for you to grow, you got to keep doing what you were doing when you were growing. In other words, the Bible or the word is called milk or meat. And in order for you to continue to grow, you have to get the meat and the milk of God's word. And and see, I believe most believers, their obedience levels haven't changed in their lives because they haven't tasted the next level yet. See, there's another level in your life that you have not seen yet. There's another level that God wants to do in your life that your eyes have not seen or your ears have even heard. You have not even seen how God can bless you. Most of us have been blessed by the works of your hands, but I'm talking about being blessed by the favor of God. Amen. Here's number two. Mature believers have learned how to biblically process information. In other words, when you are spiritually mature, one of the signs of you being spiritually mature is that you have learned how to biblically process information. In other words, you allow God's word to be the final authority and you use it to guide how you think. I mean, I am so tired of believers when they come in my office believing one side of a story and haven't even got the other side. Do you know I don't listen to just one side of a marriage? See, here's what I found out. You talk to the wife, she's going to tell you everything he did and ain't done. But she never going to tell you what she ain't doing. So I will literally say to them, okay, I hear you, but I got to get y'all together. Because I know because of spiritual maturity, there's another side to this story. And when you are spiritually mature, you won't believe one side. And if listen, if you do, you are immature because there's always another side to a story. If you have an offense with a person, this is a biblical process. You go to that person, not to the public. So many people have problems with believers, but they won't go to the believer. They just go to the public. They go to their friend. And then they go to their friends and their girlfriends or, you know, male friends or whatever. And, and, and basically, they, they, they are slandering the person. And what happens is if you're not spiritually mature, you will pick up the offense of your friend and, without even hearing the other side of the story. Amen. Here's number three. Mature believers are positive and not negative. 
You say, well, that's pretty simple. Not for a lot of us. In other words, you don't spread unconfirmed information. You won't spread lies, rumors, or truth that may not, watch this, build somebody up. Because, see, you can tell the truth, but the truth might be negative. Say, well, how did the truth be negative? Okay, if, if so-and-so on their last job embezzled some money, okay? Y'all know what embezzlement means, right? That means they took money that didn't belong to And I don't even know that. And you come in and say, Pastor, we just got a person that joined our church and they embezzled some money on their last job. Well, what is that? How is that benefiting me or them? But sometimes we like talking about true negative stuff. You know what that's called? Gossip. Now look at your neighbor and say, he ain't scared of you. Now look at him again and say, not at all, not at all, not at all. See, 1 Corinthians 13 says this. It says, love is kind. It's not envious. You know, it was, you know I'm not a crybaby at all. And I was not going to share this story, but I'm going to share it. You know, I've always... No, I won't say always. Uh, most of my life, I've dro- driven nice cars. You know, when I, my parents gave me a, their, my first car, it was a used Nova. And I loved it, that Nova. Loved it, did it. Me and that Nova went through a whole lot together. That Nova saw me get saved. Because I used to smoke weed in that Nova. One day that Nova noticed that I stopped smoking weed. Something done happened in that old wedding. But I was driving, you know, and I've had all kind of cars. And of course, I'm driving an S550. Been driving it for years now. And uh, I never look to the side when I'm driving. People pass by me or see me and say, Pastor, didn't you see me? I was like, no, I'm just looking straight. I'm like a horse. I got blinders on. I'm looking straight ahead. Well, I was getting ready. I was at a light, and I was getting ready to pull off, and there was this guy. And, you know, he was in an old school car, and he was on the passenger side, had his window down, and he was flagging me down, giving me thumbs up, and celebrating the car I was in like he knew me. I was like, this guy's happy for me. He acts like I'm representing the people. I'm like, I wonder how many Christians would hate on the fact that I drive a nice car when this guy don't even know me and he's from the hood and he ain't even in a good car, but he happy for me. (laughs) It says love is kind. It's not envious. It's not easily provoked. Love thinks no evil. In other words, it thinks the best before it thinks the worst. It does not rejoice or be happy when something went wrong in somebody's life. That's what they get. The Bible says love rejoices in all things. It bears all things. It believes all things. And it hopes all things. Amen. Here's the last one. Well, I'm going to give you two more and then I'm going to do what I I, got to do here. 
Mature people know how to control their tongue, their attitudes, and their actions. See, James chapter 1 verse 26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's re religion is in vain. Now, see, most of us, we read that and we, we, we think it's talking about people that just cuss. No, it ain't just talking about cusses. This is just talking about people who have diarrhea at the mouth. How many know people got diarrhea at the mouth? Let me see hands. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, you might be the one. I mean, mature people, you know how to control your tongue. You may want to say it, but you don't because of your maturity. You know how to control your attitude and your actions. I mean, God forbid if I ever throw coffee on somebody again. God forbid. I mean, I should have been grown out of that. As much as somebody may tempt me. I have grown out of that. Because I done bought my own caramel. Oh, no, you can't tell me no more. You don't have to put no caramel in my coffee. I got some at the house. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't even worry about it. Here's number five. Mature people are not lone strangers. In other words, they know that fellowship with other believers and church, is, church attendance is necessary and not just a choice. See, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Amen. See, sheep always run in packs. You show me a sheep by themselves and I'll show you a sheep that's going to be devoured eventually by the wolf. And you know what? Wolves are smart. They run in packs. Amen. So here's what I want to do in my next seven minutes. I want to give you the second principle it takes to mature and grow up in the Lord. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Go back to that first scripture that I gave you. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11. I'm going to show you three things in this verse that you may not have seen. That will guarantee your growth and maturity as a believer. I mean, listen, when, when I saw this, it, see, because you know, you can read the Bible and say, oh, I read that before. Oh, I read that before. But what I'm about to show you in this particular verse guarantees you and I growth and maturity in the Lord. All right, now I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 11. This time I'm going to read it out of the Living Bible. Here's what it says, because I'm going to point out what the three things are. It says, it's like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I became a man, my thoughts grew far beyond those of my childhood. And now I have put away the childish things. In other words, we should stop doing some things and start doing some things. So here's the first thing that you can walk out of here and start doing that's in this verse that will help you grow. And that is what we say must change. You can't talk the same anymore. See, notice he says in this verse, when he was a child, he spoke like a what? That means that if you're going to spiritually grow, what you say has to change. You can't grow, go around just 
giving everybody your mind. I'm going to just give them a piece of my mind. You need all your mind. I mean, you can't afford to even give them a little piece. You need to keep it all. And if you want to grow spiritually, you have to control your tongue. And see, many of us, we are governed by how we feel. So that's what we say. I don't feel like getting out of the bed this morning. Well, you probably don't feel like getting out of the bed. And so when you do get out, if you have to get out, guess what? You're going to act like you still want to be in it. So everybody you run across, you're going to give them a bad attitude. Have you ever had a waiter or a waitress, waitress, you know, that, that had a bad attitude? My thing is, I'm like, look, this is your job. One time I got one. I got one, right? And, and uh, the, the, the waitress that we had was gone and something we needed. And so the person who just sits people was walking by. So I stopped them and asked them, hey, could you do whatever it was? And it was something simple. And they were like, I mean, had attitude. And see me, I'm, the, I'm a pastor to the world. I'm not just a pastor here at Word of Truth Family Church. I will pastor you at the Parks Mall. <laughs> I found an opportunity. I said, I'm going to pastor this dude right here and now at BJ's. I am going to pastor them. And so I said, I said, excuse me. I said, is there something wrong? He said, well, I normally don't do this. I said, do you work here? He said, yeah. I said, then you should do whatever the customer needs done. I say, now, I'm going to help change your attitude because it's not good right now. I'm going to give you $100 to do what I just asked you to do. What do you think that did? <laughs> yes, sir. Change his attitude quickly. So we have to grow up. We got to change what we say. We got to change what we say. You can't just say anything to your wife. You just can't say anything to your husband. I wish I'd have never married you. What? You need to lose some weight. What? Even if it's true, don't say it. Just say, hey, you want to go walking with me today? But don't say that. Come on now. If their breath stinks, give them some gum. Hey, baby, you want some gum? So the first thing you got to change what you what? What you say. Here's number two, and it's still in the verse. We must change the way we think. Because he says, I spoke like a child and I thought and reasoned like a child. You got to you got to change how you think. You say, well, here's what I have a problem with pastorally with most believers. You can't change how you think until you change what you say. Do you know your feelings are associated with your mouth? You can change how you... See, 
When you walk by faith, what you do is you say what God's word until you feel what it says. You have to change the way you think. You can't think like a child no more. You can't think, you know, uh, see, some of you all, the reason why you still cuss is because you have limited your frustration and your way to communicate it through cussing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know you don't cuss. Now look at him again and say, but you look like you do, though. <laughs> We had somebody this week. Call one, one of my, one of my, uh, one of my, this is, this is so funny. I hope, I hope you take it right if you in here because I know you come to church. But one of our, one of our attendees, you know, my staff called them back for something and they was cussing because they didn't know it was the church. And they said, I done cussed the church out. <laughs> you got to change the way you think. See, some of y'all think, oh, it's okay to cuss my coworker out, but I can't cuss pastor out. Well, if you're going to cuss them out, you might as well cuss me out too. Until you change your thinking that cussing is wrong, then you're not going to change how you think. Listen, you have to change the way you think so you can move up spiritually. Let me tell you how to change the way you think. Go and get some, some samples of what you want to see in your life. See, when they came in from the promised land and they had these big old grapes, the Bible says they had huge grapes. It took some men to carry these grapes. All they did was brought back a brochure. If you can't afford the car you want, at least go get the brochure. Listen, they don't charge you unless you let them to test drive a car. Even if you can't afford it. Just go act like you can. I want to I test drive that one. Are you going to buy it today? I'm not sure. Get in. See, what some of y'all don't think. Let me tell you. See, uh, well, I know. How am I going to get the car? Somebody can give you a car. Amen. Then number three, we're closing here. Is that you must change the way you act or respond. If you're going to grow up, if you're still yelling, you ain't growing up. If, if you still have silent treatment for a whole week, you ain't growing up. If you're married and you're not doing it on a regular basis, you ain't growing up. I got some claps from the men like, say that. I can't say it, but you say it. <laughs> That's biblical. The Bible says defraud not one another. Your, your body does not belong to you. It belongs to your spouse. With your spiritual self, I'm fasting. You better come off that fast. The Bible said Jesus, when he got through reading, he just closed the book. I'm closing the book on that one right there. (laughs) 
With every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior.